following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings, Herfman. Uh, His Highness the Jackal. The Jackal. I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the new king of radio. <laughs> yes. Allow me to puff as well. Mm. Uh, Those are some powerful herbs. <laughs> giving me dark visions. Shall we pack this again? I, I'm not giving visions. I'm not sure if it's working, is it? Oh. Visions. Oh. Visions. Thaddeus, are you seeing what I'm seeing? You making a fool of yourself. <laughs> I think Jackal's a Latino. I'm not sure, but he'll give it to you. Hold on one second here. The Jackal. And I am back live on Inside the Jackal's Head. Once more, the second half of the best duo on late night online radio. That's right. Props to Zod Ryder for another great podcast. We're going to have a great show tonight, guys. You hear that song playing in the background? The artist who made this song. His name is Raw Boss. He's going to be our guest tonight. This guy made one of the sickest songs I have heard this decade. I mean, I have been bumping this song all week. It's just a great, great track. We're going to play it. It's called Eureka. In fact, check out Crush featuring Jenny J. Playing with my heart, baby, that ain't cool. We too grown for this, I ain't got time to be rude. What's the point of using words if they don't mean nothing? When you say you love somebody, you supposed to really love them. Why can't I hold you accountable unless you really down for me? Show me that you really want me and you'll be around for me. If you just pressing on the daily, I don't need that. I'm trying to have a future, I'm hoping you can see that. Do you really want to spend some time and get to know me better? Not a temporary side, man, I'm all about forever. Down for whatever, tell me, are you cool with that? Fool me one time, girl, I won't fool back. Say the need for games, you never gonna change. This back and forth life is too much heartache and pain. I'd rather be left alone, alone, than share a divided. Don't say you love me This song is uh, pretty sick also. This is, once again, Crush 
by Robus, Robus, and Robus. There we go. Welcome, everybody. We are live, by the way, and uh, we're going to be live for the next hour on this uh, very special occasion tonight, where we have a independent rapper who is sick. I mean, that song is nasty, right? But wait until you hear the rest of this dude's stuff. It's amazing stuff. I can't wait to have him on. I do have a couple things that has been happening in the news that I do want to go over. And uh, one thing is involving one of our favorites here on the show. None other than Mr. Suge Knight is in the news, of course. As everybody knows, he's been involved now in a hit-and-run accident. And this uh, this thing just keeps, uh, you know, it just keeps getting better and better, to be honest. The hit-and-run victim, all right, the one who survived, because remember, one guy, pancakes. I mean, oh, oh, my man. God. Yeah, dude, he's, uh, he's not going to be in the sequel of this no. trial. You know what I mean? Not happening. But the guy who survived, who also was run over, and by the way, I seen the video, guys. The it's it's disturbing to say the least, but check this out. The guy who survived, and I'm gonna use a little bit of foul language, so if uh, if you're offended by the F word, earmuff it. He told police I fucked him up. Okay? Now why is this important? Suge Knight from the very beginning said that he went to this place and it was all peaceful and stuff and these two guys started messing with him and they jumped him and essentially he was trying to get away from this situation he was trying to leave right uh, that makes sense and it goes with what we saw in the video if you watch the video it looks like he jumped in his truck he was trying to get away uh, the two guys they went at him and I guess they were trying to punch him through the door or some crazy stuff right Ow! you know what I mean and they couldn't get at him, I guess, and one guy had a gun. And in the video, they even pointed with a little arrow and says, gun. I think it's on TMC. You guys could watch it. Uh, but if this is the case, uh, why is he in jail? Can I ask that? I mean, seriously, look, I'm not a big fan of Suge Knight. I'm not a fanboy of Suge Knight. But uh, as far as I see it, this looks like a, a case of, of self-defense. I mean, Completely. The guy was trying to get away from getting his ass kicked by two dudes who were jumping him. He jumped in his truck that wouldn't get away with him. He stormed out of there, probably fearing for his life. They had a gun. This is Suge Knight. He's been involved in these type of situations before, right? He's been uh, you know, in fights not too long ago. He got knocked out. Remember that, guys? Now, check this out. Says, the guy who survived the Suge Knight hit and run proudly told deputies that he attacked Suge with a flurry of punches right before getting ran over. Case dismissed. That's it. This is over. Now, according to investigators, Doc's, and that's his nickname, says, his name is uh, Clee Bone Sloan, was still in a hospital bed when uh, he described the incident to cops by saying, man, I fucked him up. And he was like gloating about it. He was happy to. He's probably never going to walk again, this guy, or not walk normally anyway, you know what I mean? Now, do you think no. he's going to walk again, Pete? Probably not, right? Yeah, you know, this guy, if he's lucky, he'll be able to eat through a straw for the rest yeah, of his life. But check this out. According to the investigators, right, uh, in Doc Sloan's, he says that he added punch... Well, yeah, he punched Suge several times through the driver's side window, completely collaborating with what Suge said. And when Suge tried to exit the truck, he punched him some more. 
that part of Sloan's story matches exactly with the surveillance video and, again, what Suge Knight was saying. But Sloan also told investigators that he was attempting to walk away from the truck when he was hit, which you can kind of see that in a way. But, you know, in the heat of the moment, Suge is just trying to get out of there. There's a guy coming at him with a gun. Okay, but in the video, he still appears to be fighting when Suge throws the truck in reverse and smashes Sloan. Uh, and, and, and the man, did he smash him? Another in- inconsistency here says Sloan says he survived, or he arrived, I'm sorry, he arrived at Tam's parking, uh, the parking lot after Suge in the video. Now, Sloan is uh, waiting right next to the uh, parking lot when Suge pulls up, and you can see that in the video. So, Suge, again, has claimed he only ran Sloan and Terry Carter over in self-defense. He was he believed they were getting to sh- ready to shoot him. I mean, this is what he said from the very beginning. So I ask you, why is Suge Knight sitting in prison right now? Why has this not been thrown out? Is it because of, uh, you know, they want to get him, so they're going to get him, kind of like they did OJ? Is it one of those things? You no. Think? Really, no? Not even? No. Well, it might be. I'm just saying. I mean, Suge Knight has made a lot of enemies, and a lot of them in the law enforcement industry, so who knows if that's what they're going after. But this is really bizarre to me. The fact that they're going this hard after Suge Knight. I mean, seriously, you know, the guy, I know he's been a troublemaker. He's not been the most honest dude in the world. You know, he's done a lot of dirt. But in this situation, forget the past. Forget the past. In this situation, Suge Knight was fearing for his life. There was a gun on the scene. They were punching him. Even the guy said, hey, we fucked him up pretty good, man. I was just punching him. We know he can't take a punch. I mean, he's a big dude. I know they call him Sugar Bear, right? He's like 390 pounds. Big, big, tall fella. But the guy, I mean, he has a glass jaw. I've seen a couple videos where he just got knocked out knocked out with one punch. Now, I'm not saying I couldn't be knocked out with one punch. If you hit me hard enough and you're a big, strong dude, I'm pretty sure yeah, I can get knocked out, too. But it, uh, like uh, I think it was like a barber or a masseuse knocked him out. That was bizarre. You know what I mean? That was just, uh, that was weird, man. I mean, really, your Suge Knight in a, in a masseuse knocks you out? Okay. Really? I mean, that's just weird, man, right? I don't know, maybe they massaged him when he was unconscious. It is funny, though. There is a a famous picture. He's wearing, like, a yellow vest or a shirt or whatever. And uh, he's laying on the floor, like... Yeah, it's just regular shirt, Pete. And he's laying on the floor with his head tilted to the right, and he's, like, all just knocked out, like, lights out, man. So just imagine if they would have actually connected with a really good punch, knocked him out, they have a gun. All right, these dudes were were aiming for trouble. I mean, these guys were trying to, you know, maybe end his life. Now, if this happened in Florida, he would have been, you know, okay. Stand your ground, right? You have the right to self-defense. And I still believe that this man should not be in prison, whether it's in Florida or not. But if it would have happened here, he would have been just fine. So there you go. That's the latest on Suge Knight. The guy who survived says that he fucked him up pretty good. Clebone Sloan. That's the dude's name. And again, Clebone, uh, hopefully you could eat properly one day and maybe walk again because he ran your ass over pretty good. And he's probably going to be eaten from a straw for the rest of his life. But at least he's an honest felon or an honest dude. You know what I mean? He's, 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 he's pretty much collaborating with Suge. 
So hopefully, you know, the powers that be do the right thing here, even though I don't think putting Suge Knight back on the streets uh, constitutes as the right thing for a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? Cause, yeah, uh, man. Oh, he hasn't exactly had a great no. reputation, you know. So, so let's just uh, let's hope that he learns the lesson and uh, he stops getting into these. Look, Shook is not a young guy. I see a picture of him here in in court, and he's got facial hair and it's all like silver. I mean, the guy's an old. He's getting old, man. And he's you know he's gray hair and stuff. It, at some point, Shook, you know, you gotta like just cut it back a little bit. I mean, I, I get it. You're you're hardcore. You're from the streets. They, I grew up in the streets, and look at me now. But at some point, you just got to, you know, move on from that type of mentality, man. It's just, you know, it's, it's amazing how he's still doing what he was doing in 1995 and 96. You would have hoped they would have learned with the whole Tupac and Biggie thing. but And then the years he spent in prison afterwards for something else. But apparently not. But uh, on this one case, once again, I think he should be released. Uh, self-defense, man. If it's my life or your life... One of those things, you know what I mean? Sadly, one of those dudes is not going to be in the sequel trial. It's just not going to happen. Now, moving on to some better and uh, more positive news. The Beastie Boys have sold over 10 million copies of License to Ill, which, by the way, is still one of the greatest rap albums ever. All right, I, I love License to Ill. I, I love the Beastie Boys. Run DMC. I'm old school. I love old school hip-hop. And... The Beastie Boys, you know, they're three white dudes, and yeah, you know, whatever, they could rap. They were great, man. Their music was awesome. It's legendary, and License to Hill is still one of the best rap albums in the history of music. The Beastie Boys have joined Eminem, Tupac, Outkast, MC Hammer, and The Notorious Big as the only hip-hop artist to reach diamond status. Nearly three decades after the debut of uh, the Beastie Boys' License to Ill album, now it has actually been certified diamond by the Recording Industry Association of America. The seminal album, which was initially released in 1986 under Def Jam Records, has sold now over 10 million records as of March 4th, 2015. In 1986, License to Ill became the first hip-hop album in the in to ever top the uh, Billboard chops or charts, uh, one year later it was certified platinum by the RIAA. Now a lot of people back then would say, "Well, it's because there's three white dudes, and you know they get all white America loving them, and and they're not making like gangster rap or anything." But they were lyrically dope, man. The Beastie Boys were just a, a good rap group, and I think a lot of it also helped. They were kind of endorsed by Run DMC and a lot of other acts back then because they noticed the talent that these dudes had. And they, you know, they supported them. I mean, a lot of the folks worked with them and stuff. Run DMC did a lot of stuff for them in the 80s. Uh, so, I mean, they got that pass because of that, I think. And they were great. They really were. And, you know, it's a shame one of them has passed away now and stuff. So, that's life for you. But uh, it says here, Mike D, Michael Diamond, or Adam MCA, and, of course, uh, Ad Rock, worked closely with producer Rick Rubin, and the head of Def Jam at the time, Russell Simmons, that's right, he was the head of Def Jam, uh, to complete the album, both Run DMC and from uh, Run DMC are also credited as uh, contributors uh, to this album as well. The trio uh, w- was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2012, becoming the third hip-hop act associated to achieve that feat. Now, one month later, Adam Yacht, of course, passed away, like I said, and... Um, 
you know, MCA uh, was just an amazing artist. You know, aside from the Beastie Boys stuff, I mean, a great humanitarian. Uh, now, when he passed away, of course, it was due to cancer, which is just a terrible disease. It's taken so many people, but uh, it was celebratory uh, or, or it was gland cancer. Following the death of, uh, following his death, License to Ill and other Beastie Boys albums saw an increase in sales and charts uh, position on the billboards, and they just started selling like crazy again. The Beastie Boys now, of course, joined Eminem, Tupac, Outkast, MC Hammer, which is kind of funny he's in there. Uh, the Notorious Big as the only artist in hip-hop to ever go diamond. Now, I'm surprised, and I'm not joking about this, by the way. All right, so I know a lot of people are going to laugh, but I'm not joking, all right? I'm surprised Vanilla Ice is not on there. Really, no. I mean, I really am. Well, I mean, think about it, Pete. I mean, he was horrible. Yeah, I'm yeah, you know, <laughs> Terrible rapper. Uh, not a good rapper at all. But he had that one humongous hit, Ice Ice Baby, which was... Massive. I mean, come on. Let's be honest, everybody. In the in 1990, when Ice Ice Baby came out, or 91, 1990, whenever the hell that horrible song came out, everybody was dancing to Ice Ice Baby. Doesn't matter where you were from. If you're in Florida, especially. But everybody was just loving Ice Ice Baby. I mean, my brother still loves Ice Ice Baby. No. Shout-outs to Robert. <laughs> well, you don't no. like Ice Ice Baby, Pete, really? Wow. Hates it that bad. I personally don't like it either. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of Vanilla Ice, but I'm surprised that it didn't go diamond or it didn't sell. I'm actually surprised there are not other artists on here from the 90s that haven't uh, achieved diamond status. It's kind of surprising, really. But uh, there you go. Shout-outs to the Beastie Boys. That's very, very cool, man. Legendary stuff. And, of course, a legendary group. I'm surprised, you know, speaking of which, I'm surprised Run DMC is not on there. I mean, they were like the biggest rap act, really, in the 1980s. I mean, it was Run DMC was like the shit back then, you know what I mean? So, kind of surprised they're not on the list. Surprised they haven't gone diamond. Huh. Interesting. But the Beastie Boys, diamond. Now, I, this could go either way here. Um, it could be either positive news or it could be bad news, depending on how you feel about Drake. Okay, uh, it says your Drake could actually face a lawsuit over his uh, Drake's homecoming, the lost footage. Producers of a documentary surrounding Drake's 2009 homecoming concert are considering action against the rapper. Producers of the upcoming film Drake's Homecoming, the lost footage, could pursue legal action against Drake after the rapper publicly distanced himself from the project. Personally, I think he should honor his commitments, producer uh, Mark Berry says to the Los Angeles Times. The bottom line is, you signed a contract, you gotta honor it. The companies involved in the uh, creation and promotion of Drake's Homecoming concert and film are reportedly, uh, reportedly considering slapping Drake with a $15 million liable suit. That's a lot of money. I think uh, he thought nothing was uh, going to happen with the film, Barry says. It's an issue of someone not honoring a contractual commitment to another person. And um, this, you know, this should weigh heavily on his career. I mean, do you think, I mean, honestly, would other people not want to work with him in the future because of something like this? I mean... This is kind of flaky behavior from a guy who's supposed to be a big superstar rapper, right? But it says here, and I think he uh, he thought nothing of it was going to happen. I mean, come on, you committed to a company, you signed a contract. Really, you think nothing's going to happen? What planet are you living in, dude? 
Now, Drake reportedly signed a deal with the, the concert promoters uh, Serious Entertainment that included an agreement for the film. Serious Entertainment eventually inked the deal uh, with uh, James uh, James Prince's of uh, Rap-A-Lot Records. In the uh, contract, which is obtained by the Times, the rapper agreed to a concert filming and was paid $15,000 cash fee and promised a 15% uh, profit from the royalties for his participation in the project. The LA Times report since 2009's uh, deal, Barry said Sirius Entertainment has approached Drake and his label Cash Money on multiple occasions to see if he wanted to uh, purchase back the footage, but both declined. Now on Twitter, which of course is where everybody communicates these days, Drake says that he and Prince uh, don't support the uh, the film. James Prince and I stand together on not supporting Drake's homecoming footage in this uh, in theaters and uh, who would want to see this crap in theaters anyway, I'm not a fan of Drake or Cash Money to begin with but uh, Drake's uh, camp has maintained the guilty uh, the quality of the uh, of the utmost of importance is importance to them and they figure this is not very good quality it's freaking Drake I mean a concert film with Drake have you seen him in concert I mean really he's not that good no he really isn't He's just, he's not, I mean, I've, I've seen two or three shows with the guy, and my goodness, he's hes terrible. He really is. So, I, I mean, this is just a bad idea altogether, really, and honestly, he did, you know, sign a contract, so honestly, he really should honor it, and if he gets slapped with the contract, man, <laughs> I'm going to laugh so hard, because I don't like Drake. Don't like cash money either, so I'll be, <laughs> I'll be laughing. Just like that. Now, moving on uh, to uh, more hip-hop news. Check this out. Shock G recalls Tupac's final moments. And this is funny because, you know, now I'm doing a little work with uh, Money B from uh, Digital Underground. And I still have not brought up the subject of Tupac. You know, we've had a few conversations. And he's uh, an amazingly cool dude. I'm actually helping him with uh, his website. He's going to be joining the network here on PSN radio and um, it's, he's really, really cool to talk to and stuff, but I, I'm kind of like hesitant on bringing up Tupac cause it's money B and he was like there when Tupac got in the game. He was part of digital underground and I'm sure he has like war stories with Tupac, but um, you know, I just haven't brought myself to, to say anything or ask anything about Pac. I've kind of kept it like professional and stuff. And uh, it's funny to read this from shock G Joe uh, shock G though. Uh, he says uh, about Tupac, he says he settled for what happened. Shock G said, he let what happened happen. He didn't know if it was going to be in Vegas, uh, but he was kind of asking for that. He was running to it. He just wanted to rest. Now, during a newly uh, published interview uploaded to YouTube by JMIX Jesse Surratt Productions, uh, Digital Digital Underground's uh, founder, Shock G, a.k.a. remember the, the Humpty Dance? That guy, in case you guys don't remember who Shock G is, or Digital Underground, which, I mean, that's another legendary rap group right there, so you really should know them if you know hip-hop at all, but uh, he told them he opened up about his knowledge of Tupac Shakur's final moments following, of course, being shot in Las Vegas in 1996, and uh, he says, Tupac was an angel, Shock G said, not an angel in a storybook, an angel in real. Uh, an angel for real, in uh, in this real world, getting saved and getting uh, and uh, kept out of harm's way until it got too intense for him, uh, and it got too intense for him to live in this form. Uh, it got to where he was hard. It was harder for him to live. 
so he wanted to rest, I guess. Chakji uh, later recalled a story where he had heard some uh, from someone close to Tupac when the iconic rapper passed away in September of 1996 in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, he said, uh, what I understand is uh, in what I heard, I can't remember if I heard it from a Fanny Shakur or somebody else or from somebody at the hospital, but uh, there was somebody in the room when Pac finally took that one little bit of consciousness uh, that he had, and he took uh, and he took after being in the hospital uh, in the hospital two years after his final shooting, uh, he came to for a little bit, looked around the room, and said he was listening, um, he was on machines and stuff, but when they told him uh, that. Uh, yo, this uh, and that happened, and uh, we have to take your, uh, we got to take out your lungs, um, your lungs, by the way. And when he heard that, they said that he just went and closed his eyes, and he just let go. Uh, it was just like uh, me with one lung. That ain't gonna work. I can't be Pac with a with a cane and all that. Uh, I would have, uh, it would have took the victory out of all the things that he had done and said. And I think that he know that he'd known that it would have been, it would have weakened his uh, statement and his statements as real. He settled for what happened. He let what happened happen. He didn't know if it was going to be in Vegas, uh, but he was kind of asking for that. He was running to it. He just wanted to rest. He couldn't rest. Pac was tired, man. That's from Shock G of Digital Underground. And I... I could understand where he's coming from. I really could. Uh, I, you know, I don't. I don't know Pac. I never met Pac like that, and uh, I never spent time talking to the dude or, or anything like that. I was. Just, I'm just a fan. Uh, but knowing the way uh, the story goes of who he was, this kind of like really uh, plays along to who he was, and it makes sense that he would just like go because really, the you know, he was really uh, trying to live to that image that he created for himself, and I could kind of see where Shock G is. Uh, going out with this so interesting article interesting to hear that from somebody who was there from the very beginning of Tupac's uh, introduction to the rap industry and uh, now moving on from um, the hip hop world to a couple of movie uh, news uh, movie related news before I go on my first break and we come back from break with Raw Boss check this out Ryan Reynolds uh, hopes most critical of fanboys most of the critical fanboys uh, that are out there will embrace Deadpool. That's right, he's doing the movie Deadpool and says, The road to Deadpool has been a long and, and horrid one, uh, filled with the types of bumps in the road that not even the Merc with the mouth could solve. But his very own movie is set for release next year, and, I will be, and it will begin production very soon. Now, speaking with a short list of, uh, speaking with short list, which is a website, Reynolds was asked if he felt relieved that the film was finally coming out. And this is a, a quote from him. He says, I am incredibly happy about it. We've got a director that's under, that understands that world and writers with, with, the, with a slavish devotion to the canon of that character. That's, what the, that's the most important aspect. It's made in a way that most critical fanboys out there could embrace. Well, that's the hope, anyway. Uh, Reynolds also provided a tease on his Twitter account for the heavily armed photo shoot as the title character. Uh, and uh, there's a tweet there. If you guys want to check that story out, it's over on SuperheroHype.com. Um, you know, Ryan Reynolds is a cool actor. I'm kind of surprised that uh, this movie took this long to make. But, of course, he had that huge disaster with Green Lantern. And it uh, looks now like they're going to, you know, recast that role. And I think uh, Chris Pine is uh, up for the role. So we'll see who gets that role. Uh, but interesting uh, that they're finally getting this movie made. I, you know, that video that came out this past year with uh, Deadpool was just fin- 
fantastic. I mean, that was awesome. If the movie's like that, it's going to be incredible. And uh, final news story of the night before we go on break. Uh, it says here, find out. And this is also, by the way, from SuperheroHype.com. If you guys want to check this out, uh, for all the Star Wars fans out there, find out what happened after Endor with Star Wars The Aftermath this September. Now, last week, Lucasfilm announced uh, their plans to uh, connect the Return of the Jedi universe, uh, or what happened there, to the upcoming Star Wars The Force Awakens movie in the, in the form of 20 new books, uh, ranging from novels to comics and more. Now Lucasfilms and Del Rey Books have revealed another title, Star Wars Aftermath. The first in a new trilogy connecting Jedi and Awakens, the book will be written by Blackbird's Mockingbird, and under the... Uh, the Empire, I think this is uh, Empyrean? Is that what that says there, Pete? Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Uh, Empyrean Sky, I guess. Author uh, Chuck Wedding is going to be overlooking the project. This is my, and he, and I quote here, says, my earliest and still one of the best movie-going uh, experiences was as a kid and was being at a four-year-old watching The Empire Strikes Back at a drive-in theater with my sister. My jaw dropped and I don't think I've ever found it yet," uh, said Wedding. And I, and I, I completely agree. I mean, I saw Return of the Jedi as a kid, and I loved that movie as a kid. And uh, it really took me away from like the area we were living in because it wasn't that great. And uh, you know, I couldn't really go out much because I was a kid, and it was just a really bad neighborhood. And uh, my parents was like, you know, they would freak out. So movies like that, you know, it was, it was good escapism. And I'm still a fan of Star Wars till this day. And I completely understand uh, what they're saying here. I mean, this is. Uh, going to be a really cool trilogy of books. The extended universe is going to be really cool, the way they're doing this whole new universe, or new extended universe, and I'm happy they're doing these books in between to connect the dots between episodes and stuff. This is going to be really neat, especially with the news now with Rogue One uh, coming out as one of the spinoff movies. They're kind of already telling you what that's going to be about, which is really neat, so can't wait for more Star Wars. But anyway, guys, we're going to go on break here for a few minutes. When we come back, our guest, Raw Boss, is going to be on the show. In fact, we're going to go to break with Crush. No, hold on. We're going to go to break with Pieces. We'll be right back. Is what it is. Life can get the best of your time, so you got to take hold of it. It's driving me wild. Close the curtain. I feel less than a child. What am I promises? Both since nothing's available. I must have chose the path where everything is unattainable. Time at the time, the world is against me. I'm falling down to my knees. Asking for the serenity. But the things I cannot change are the things I want to change. Not to bring people back, but to have things rearranged. I search my heart and thoughts deeply enough to know. No matter how much rejection to just continue to go. Somehow things just keep looking dim. Have I been condemned? I know I'm in that water, but how far is my swim? I guess I won't. See, guys, that's what we call right there sick lyrics. Keep listening. This song is nasty. I'm done with trying to go wherever life takes me. The pain of life is far beyond the prison. I think I get up and leave this psychiatric session. Time is running out, panic lights are blinking out. 
Imagine having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. You'll be surprised how easy it is to use. So I think what's going on here is that Obama is banking on unemployment falling. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Talk stream live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. When you're ready to actually lose weight safely and steadily while being monitored by a physician, the weight loss clinic of Dr. Kim Jacobson is there for you. The family medicine practice was established by her father in 1956 and continues as a medical practice that now specializes in weight reduction. Dr. Kim Jacobson joined the practice 20 years ago as both a family medicine practitioner and weight loss specialist. The weight loss clinic utilizes a combination of appetite suppression medication and vitamins to produce great results, usually 3 to 4 pounds per week for most patients. Now you can change your lifestyle while still enjoying your own food, just less of it. They offer a choice of two, three, or four-week plans. So whether you just need to lose a few pounds or a lot, the weight loss clinic of Dr. Kim Jacobson can help you. They're located at 5454 Northeast 4th Avenue in Miami, just two blocks west of 54th Street and Biscayne Boulevard. Call them at 305-751-0091. They'll be happy to answer any and all of your questions. That's 305-751-0091. Get started on a beautiful new body today with Dr. Kim Jacobson and the weight loss clinic. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with Key Information Solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let Key Information Solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. Supermanhomepage.com All right, everybody, we're back live on Inside the Jackal's Head right here on PSN Radio. Of course, you can check out the podcast every week on thejackalshead.com. Also, check out psn-radio.com for more podcasts. And uh, now we have the guest, Mr. Raw Boss himself. Welcome to the show, man. And let me just say it on air. One of the tracks you sent me, dude, is like probably one of the best songs I have heard this decade. I'm not even kidding. And that's what's up. I mean, I just want to lead off with that because, I mean, the song Eureka, and I'm going to play the entire song later uh, so anybody out there listening can, uh, can enjoy this amazing song. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself, man. How long you've been rapping? Uh, how long you, uh, you know, you've know you been inspired to do this? And uh, what got you to this place where you're at right now? And I've been rapping since 99, and um, 
what really got me into it was um I was sitting in the back with my cousin. You know, we were just sitting in the car listening to music. And she was like, if you're going to listen to any of these rappers, she was like, you need to listen to this one dude right here. And uh, it was Dear Mama, you know, by uh, Tupac. Ah, yep. And uh, that song right there hooked me. I was like, man, if, if you know, these gangster rappers can sit up and take the time to reflect on their loved ones in life, man, that, that right there inspired me. So I was like, man, I, I got to do it. You know, you know I saw it's the funny. power behind it. It's funny. I wonder how many rappers now would you know that are coming up, especially like your your age or a little bit older than you, that were around that era in the '90s, uh, would you know point to Tupac as a main influence? He really did influence the entire generation of of upcoming hip hop artists. I mean, it's amazing the the range of uh, of just uh, just uh, music that he had. I mean, it was just an amazing amount of of talent that that man had. And Dear Mama is my all time favorite hip hop song, by the way. So it's funny you hit on that. Yeah, I'm not even kidding. That's what like that literally is a song I've played more in my entire life because I'm real close to my mom too. So when I heard that song originally as a kid, see, I go back with Pac since like early digital underground era. So when I yeah. first heard that song in the early '90s and you know when it came out, I mean that song touched me because me and my moms were really close. And to see an artist put a song like that, you're absolutely right, and put his heart into it like that, it really changed the game a little bit. Because up to that point, it was more about party and bullshit, and a lot of artists were out there like, you know, just the gangster rappers talking about violence and stuff like that. But that really, like, flipped yeah. the thing around a little bit. And I'm happy that you were inspired by Pac, man. That's amazing. Yeah, cause, I mean, I, growing up, I listened to a lot of artists, but, I mean, people like Pac and Public Enemy and... The early Ice yep. Cube, them, those were the ones that really just stuck out to me. You know, West Side Connection, I, those were the ones that really just stuck out to me. They didn't always just rap about whatever, you know. They right. also had a message behind their music. Now, where are you from originally? Like, where where, where are your, where'd you grow up at? Uh, right here in East Texas, uh, Longview, Texas. That's where that accent is from, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, yeah, it's funny because in, in Texas, man, the hip-hop, the West Coast hip-hop is, like, huge in Texas. So it's funny that you... Mention all those, you know, West Coast artists. Yeah, half of my fan base is California. It's yeah, Texas yeah. and California. That's my main pool. See, I'm trying to bring the West down to Florida. It's not happening so far. But I, I grew up in Cali, so I'm got like that's the music I listened to as a kid. You know what I mean? So it's hard for me out yeah. here in Florida. Oh, it's gonna get that way. I promise you. <laughs> How is the music scene out in Texas right now? Especially the hip hop scene. Oh, it's nasty. I mean, and I mean that in a good way. I mean, you know. Not so. It's not so much ex- as accepted in the east part of Texas where I'm at. You know, this this is like the Bible Belt. But I mean, as you go west and south and into Texas, especially south by the by the state capital, Austin, Denton, San Antonio, Houston, Galveston, South Padre Island, and them are all party towns. I mean, it's it's crazy how how accepted it is down there. It's amazing how big hip hop is globally now. I mean, it, a lot more areas are being, you know, are bringing hip hop, uh, hip hop artists to perform there that usually you wouldn't like expect hip hop yeah, artists to go and perform. It's, it's really it's growing. It's crazy you say that because um, I mean the influence is worldwide. I mean, um, I get yeah. hit up, I get hit up by uh, artists from other countries. I like, I remember mm-hmm. being getting hit up by an Iranian rapper. You know, and he wanted me to do a song. <laughs> Yeah, he wanted me to do a song with him called uh, Tuski, and it's uh, French for whatever happens, happens. And um, and so I was like, okay, I'm cool with the concept of it. But then he was like, I want you to rap about some gangster stuff. And I was like, man, look, homie, I'm really trying to refrain from that lifestyle. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, that ain't what it's all about every time, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, which is actually very real to say. I mean, that's real talk right there. I mean, not everybody has to come out with with a bandana and the guns blazing, you know what I mean, and, and be yeah. it would be real, you know what I mean? So actually, that's more real to you say that uh, than you pretending to be a gangster rapper, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's funny that you get hit up from other folks all over the uh, the world. I've had people, you know, because I do music uh, on the side also, and I've had people from, like, Europe tell me they like my songs, and I'm like, wow, they listen to my stuff in Europe? That's crazy. I've never expected that. But it's funny, hip hop is—it's global. It really is. I'm actually looking to do a collab with a uh, heavy metal group from uh, your state, Florida. It's oh, uh, nice. yeah, heavy metal group called Twenty Two Bones. We looking to uh, collab real soon. Nice. So you I don't into, have uh, no idea what it's gonna sound like. <laughs> <laughs> Are you into heavy metal at all? Because I know a lot of cats like who, who mess with both, man. I mean, and heavy metal listen, and hip hop has been infused I'm before. To I listen to everything, and that's the only reason why I can listen to everything. Because I mean, I grew up playing the violin, so I had to have an ear for music. So I mean, I can listen to everything. Heavy metal—that's gonna be dope. Yeah, now, it's gonna—it's gonna be for—it's <laughs> gonna be for their uh, album or something you're gonna put out. Uh, it's gonna be—it's probably gonna be like a cold thing. We'll probably use it for both, but more than likely, it's gonna be for their album. For that album? Yeah. Now I'm you said before. You sent me yeah. four tracks. Are these four tracks going to be in your upcoming album, by the way? Uh-huh. Okay, cool, cool. No, was, Eureka. Sorry. I... Eureka's going to be on the uh, EP, Borrow My Eyes, but the majority of them are going to be on my album, Raw Baghdad, Dictator of the Nation. And uh, Eureka, you told me it was going to be probably the uh, the first single, right, uh, of the EP? Yeah. And w- when uh, are you planning to release a video for Eureka? Are you working on that now? Yeah, I'm working on it now. I say the video for Eureka should happen towards the end of April. Nice. And are you in the metal band going to do a video for the uh, the collab? Yeah, I mean, as long as they're willing to meet me halfway on the financial part of it, yeah, I'm good with it. That's cool, man. I have a friend who uh, had a metal band back uh, 10 years ago. He's been disbanded since and I tried to do a collab with them uh, you know do a little rap over their you know a beat they came up with on a song that we did together and it was just completely horrible I just said I couldn't do it man it's not easy so I'm dying to hear this to see because I know you're going to like murder this track yeah it's going to be a lot of work because I'm, I'm also <laughs> working a collab with a um, with a heavy metal group called Throne of Eden Nice. You, should, you really should. You really should listen to that music, man. <laughs> <laughs> really? They're from, uh, yeah, they're from Alabama. And I mean, I heard. I heard the first song off the EP called uh, "Tombstone Lullaby." Man, it's crazy. But, Tombstone yeah, we, Lullaby. We collab- I'm gonna write that down. I'm gonna check that out later. I'm gonna. Uh, you know, it's funny because uh, down here in Florida, the metal scene is it's completely dead. Uh, but it it had a lot of life back in the '90s, and it completely died out. It, it it's picking up. Or in other parts of the country, I mean, metal is is doing pretty well in other parts of the country, but it's completely died out here in Florida. Music in general is it's kind of it's completely like changed in the last like ten or fifteen years. Yeah. Like certain regions like, that had. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I feel like the main thing it, it is is like with every genre, you know, people got a hard time letting go of the 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 people the performance before us. You know what I mean? Because yeah. this yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is kind of the the handing over the torch era in this genre right now. For for every genre of music, well, yeah, no, that's absolutely true. I mean, for hip hop, for metal, for all genres in, in music. I mean, really, I mean, it, like these guys are turning fifty soon. I mean, it really, they're going to keep yeah. rapping. Some of these guys, yeah, I mean, eventually Jay-Z they got to stop. Snoop Dogg, you know, yeah, eventually, I mean, you know, 
They got I love Snoop. I, I love Snoop Dogg. I'm a big fan, but at some point, Snoop, you gotta just go smoke your weed and you know, and just go enjoy the rest of your life, man. because yep. I mean, really, nobody wants to hear a 65 year old rapper. That's <laughs> You know, well, you're a grandfather. You should stop rapping. That's that's all I'm saying. That's that's yeah. all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you have a family? I mean, do you have kids yourself, or are you a family man? Um, I'm one deep right now. So I mean, right. that, yeah, that really allows me the time to just really just do everything I want to do. That's cool, man. How old is your kid? Oh no, I don't have any kids. Oh no, I think you, I think you, I think you said well, you're one deep, so you're. <laughs> one deep meaning like I have one kid man deep in the hole right now child support's killing me no <laughs> <laughs> no bunch of people in that situation though but <laughs> yeah 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 no trust me I have friends and family in that situation uh, so you're very lucky if you're, you're if you're not in that situation but uh, uh, I mean this is something cool you're gonna do now I mean eventually you'll, you'll have a family you have uh, you know this legacy built of making great music because I'm telling you man if the rest of your songs are like the four songs that I got I mean damn yeah I mean I I'm putting a lot of work into it. I mean, I got I got crazy features on it. I got I got another song called Color. It's it's got my partner artwork in it. He he's on the East Coast right now, and the singer on the song is us, Sarai Mansoris. He lives in the Netherlands. I mean, like the features are pretty much spread out, but the album in general, I try to keep keep it all on one topic, which is to be all about the the state of the hip hop culture, not as not as much as hip hop politics, but more of the hip-hop culture. I try to feel you. Yeah. Question, and uh, this is an observation I made here on on the uh, songs you sent me. They all have one-word names. Eureka, Color, Pieces, Crush. Is that like a theme throughout the the whole uh, EP and and LP later on? I mean, uh, uh... Almost. I mean, I kind of. Did I hit on something that you were working on in secret that nobody else knows about? Has nobody hit on this yet? <laughs> I feel like you know the, the the name of the longest song on the EP is called "Keep On Moving On," and the producer might cut it short to "Keep On," you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like on the album, um, what's the longest title? I think I got "Prisoner to Enslavement." So, I mean, that's yeah, all pretty title, short. Yeah. It's yeah. not that. It, it's not that that happened. That that really kind of happened on accident. I didn't plan that, but you know, <laughs> I try to you know just keep it short and sweet if I can. Because that would be a hell of a marketing uh, gimmick, really. Yeah, every song just one word. That's it. You know, that'd be an interesting marketing gimmick. Yeah, that would be dope. <laughs> <laughs> now let's get into some music here. I wanted I wanted to play one of the tracks here in full. Uh, I got four great tracks. I played a couple of them for the intro and stuff, but I do want to play uh, my favorite track on, on this uh, list that you sent me, Eureka, which is going to be your, your single coming up. Uh, before I play it, though, tell us a little bit about this song and uh, you know what you were uh, thinking when you wrote this incredible song. Oh, man. That song actually happened instantly. It was like as soon as the producer sent me that beat, that ink pen, I picked the moment I picked up that ink pen, it just wouldn't stop moving. And, you know, I mean... Eureka, that's pretty much that that happened in the wake of all the police brutality, so I was kinda angry mm-hmm. when I wrote it, you know what I mean? And I mean I just I just went with it. It's like Eureka is probably pretty much on the same subject as color, but not as much. I'll I'll tell you what though, the 
lyrics and the flow in Eureka is, is nasty. I mean, just nasty, man. I mean, especially the the flow, the way you switch up a couple times. It's just it's really, 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 really good. Uh, and this is coming from like a, a hip hop connoisseur. I mean, I love all hi- kind of hip hop, and I love uh, you know just uh, especially West Coast hip hop, like like I said earlier. Uh, and this goes. It reminded me of like old school hip hop, which I old school West Coast hip hop, which I loved. Was that in the back of your mind when you were writing this track in particular? Besides yeah. the the violence that was going on, were you like in kind of like a, a old school hip hop type of mindset when you were writing this track? Yeah, because I mean, like out of all the songs that my producer let me pick out, you know, he when we get to working on a project, he like you know pick out whatever you want, and you know I heard that beat right there, I was like, damn, I gotta, yeah, I, yeah I'm like <laughs> I gotta have that right now, right now. <laughs> so right now, let's play Eureka by Raw Boss. Check this out. We'll be right back.
Now, everybody listening can understand finally what I'm talking about when I say nasty. It's just a nasty song. It's incredibly, incredibly nasty. Uh, going back to the, the topic at hand here, uh, you know, as an artist and, uh, you know, living in Texas, uh, you know, I know that you wrote the song, obviously, uh, you know, during the whole violence that was going on. You know, give us a little bit of your thoughts on uh, the entire spectrum of what's been going on the last couple of years with uh, police on uh, police violence uh, with black teenagers and black kids and uh, the amount of, uh, of craziness has been happening. Well, I mean... I mean, you know, was it ain't been going on as much as it has in the past. I mean, in the past we got harassed and everything, but never to the point to where they just felt the need to just shoot us without thinking. You know, so I mean, it's it's crazy. You know, and, uh, you know me, I do a whole lot of walking. You know what I mean? So for a lot of times, it's like walking isn't even the same anymore. Cause like now I'm like yep. extra careful. You know, with who I run into. Cause you know, it's like. It's, it's just it's just it's just a loss of trust. It's like I don't even hate the cops. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I try to I try to forgive everybody, even my enemies. But you know, the thing with the cops is like I forgive them, but at the same time, it's like I can't even trust them. You know what I mean? I, so it's like it's like it's just I have no respect for them, but at the same time, I respect that they have the badge. You know what I mean? But as right. far as like their profession, I I can't respect that profession. It's I just it's hard for me to to do that. Knowing that, you know, if I move my hands a certain way out of my jacket, you know what I mean, because I walk a lot, that I can be yep. shot. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, incredible that it's 2015 and people are still having this issue, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's uh, that blows my mind, man, to to think about how far we've come in this country, let alone the world, and that we still have news, you know, of this kind of stuff happening in the world. But look, uh, as bad as this is, uh, you know, there's all kinds of crime that happens on a daily basis within all kinds of communities that we never hear about. It's amazing how this is getting, you know, finally the attention that it deserves. Uh, and this has yeah. been kind of in the background for a long time. You know, one of the things that really brought this kind of violence to the foreground really was the Rodney King be- uh, beatings in the uh, in the 80s and 90s. I mean, that really brought everything to the forefront when it came to the, yeah. to police brutality and stuff. And uh, it's just it's amazing they haven't learned from the past and corrected the issue. But a lot of it has to do with the way the cops are trained, man, because I know good cops. Like you, I don't hate cops. You know, I don't hate all cops either. And I have met decent human beings that are cops, you know, and they exist out there. Yeah, and I got cop is an asshole, cops. you know? <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, look, we're growing up here in, uh, you know, I grew up part in Cali and part in Florida. Uh, when in part in Florida, there was uh, a couple officers who were friends to my father growing up, and they were the nicest guys. I mean, one of them was a sergeant in the police department, really nice dude. Uh, you know, he knew that I was into kind of you know crazy stuff as a kid, you know. But he kind of like let things slide because he knew my dad. And there's a lot of stuff that I got away with, which I probably wouldn't have gotten away with. Uh, fair enough to say. And you know, but again, decent enough guy. He never was you know an asshole to people that he you know, worked with in the community and stuff. A lot of people really like the guy. And there are good cops out there. But it is amazing how it still happens. And a lot of it has to do with the training and the the actual people that apply to be police officers. Like, there should be, a, you know, a stronger uh, regiment of... Uh, of psychiatry placed on people who want to become police officers because a lot of this has to do with like anger issues and just racist issues and all kinds of like different issues yeah. these people have built up that they let it bottle up and build up and build up and then they just they do what they do yeah for and one they- it's too it's, it's too easy to become a cop you don't have to have a lot of yeah. requirements all you need is a high school diploma and you yeah. know they don't they don't they do a background check or whatever but they don't do a psychological check and you know 
as far as like this whole brutality thing, it's just showing me as a person that, you know, it's the people up high and high rank that are allowing this because I mean like, you know, with every profession you got the good and the bad and for for the longest I would always sit and question why are the good cops allowing these bad cops to coexist. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah it's true. But you know, it's one of those things I think where it's kind of like the good old boy club, you know, they, they all kind of have to like go with the flow because if not, you know, that cop will be out, outed and blackballed from the uh, police force or something bad could happen to that guy. If he goes against, you know, the, the in good old boys of that force, a lot of that has to do with it. Also, I mean, a lot of these uh, guys that have uh, been involved in, in, in shootings recently have been officers for several years. It's not like rookie cops or anything. Yeah. It's not it's not like some dude who just became a cop and all of a sudden he just wanted to shoot a teenager. Now, these are officers who've been around for 10, 15 years sometimes and they're just doing th- this because again all this hate and stuff has been bottling up. But yeah, yeah, psychiatry needs to play a bigger part in and uh the hiring of police officers worldwide. Yeah, I mean, you know, they do it with football, you know what I mean? It's like yep. after every season they check them for concussions and everything else, you know, they it's just, you know, keep these folks keep these folks in line, you know, cause, I mean, you 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 holding a gun for one. You you holding something that can take a person's life. So yeah, I mean, I feel like they should be tested more often, just because of that alone. There'll be no way to really correct that uh, that institution unless uh, the inside wants to correct itself. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's yeah. it's crazy, man. It's crazy. We're still going through that kind of crap. Uh, it, out in Texas, I mean, has there been a lot of violence uh, with police officers uh, that you know of in the last uh, several years? The thing with Texas, uh, Texas is a stubborn state. You know, it's called yeah, the Lone it is. Star. It's the Lone Star yeah. State for a reason. It means we stand by ourselves. But uh, the thing is, things happen in Texas, but they're not even going to be allowed to even go that far as they go in other states. Because for one, you will get prosecuted on site trying to do that other, trying to do that what they're doing in other states here. Like mm-hmm. you would, you won't. Your footage won't make it to the internet. You know what I mean? <laughs> you would get. You would get hit with so many charges you, you're gonna agree to throw that phone away you know what i mean so i mean texas <laughs> yeah. texas is a don't play state you you just can't get over them down here you know what i mean that's why they it's say um, don't mess with texas yes yeah, so, i mean you know as far as like the police situation down here i mean like yeah they're harassed like they are in any other place but i mean no there haven't been any crazy shootings i know I, I take that back there has been one that just made headlines i think it was in el paso or west texas somewhere but i mean like I say, it gets swept under the rug because Texas will tell the government, you know, we got this, you know, stay out of our business, you know, so. Yeah, Texas is one, like, uh, incident away from, like, declaring uh, themselves uh, their own country and just uh, completely separating from the rest of the United States. I mean, they're that, that uh, hell-bent to do I mean, they've been, there's been talks about that. They remind, recently. every every yeah. year as Texans, we're reminded of that every year. Yeah, I promise. yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, you're definitely knowing more than yeah. I would. But I mean, even in Florida, we we keep hearing about it in the last few years where Texas just wants to completely separate, uh, which would be crazy if that happened. Think yeah. about that for a second. If Texas became its own country, just be crazy. Yeah. That'd be crazy. Yeah. Now, speaking of crazy, let's move on from us uh, to something more positive here. In the next ten years, man, where do you want to see yourself in your music? I mean, where do you want to see yourself doing in the next ten years? Um, the next ten years. Hopefully, uh, you know, grooming an up-and-coming artist, you know, showing them the ropes, whether it be an artist that I don't, that's none related to me or my, my unborn seed or whatever, you know what I mean? But 
Well, I've also I've also thought about being an A and R after I'm done with music. You know, looking for talent for record labels, independent record labels. You know, I, I just love music. I just can't see myself getting away from it. You know. So you're a lifer, in other words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Though. I mean, you have a, a future plan uh, that is solid, man. Uh, that's a good, you know, background or you know, backing to fall on uh, once you're done rapping. Because again, like we said earlier, nobody wants to be rapping at 65. Yeah. <laughs> Got to pass their torch on. Yeah, exactly. Now, you know, you're still at the early stages of your prime, and you're only 28, so, I mean, you're still a young dude. Uh, You know, as, you know, things speed up for you now when you start putting music out, uh, has friends and family changed as, you know, you're putting more music out? I mean, how are they reacting to the music you're putting out? Uh, I mean, a lot of my friends and family are starting to notice the seriousness in my, my, my mentality and how I carry myself, you know, but, I mean... A lot of people distance themselves from me these days. I mean, like it's it's lonely as hell. I can't even lie to you, man. I can't even front. I mean, it's crazy. Really? Yeah. It's. <laughs> I mean, I always been a loner, but damn. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think that is, though? I mean, for one, there's so many musicians in my area, or so many people that want to be musicians now that probably are better off in another profession. That, you know, nobody can give each other feedback, you know what I mean? Because mm. so-and-so's a rapper now, or so-and-so's a rock artist now. So for them to give you feedback, you know, they feel like they're giving you an inside secret on something that they will keep them for themselves, you know what I mean? So, I mean, it's it, it's, 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 a, it, it's, it's creating a lack of unity. So, I mean, mm. it's as much as I want to say it's a Hannibal area is is not because i mean it can be avoided but i mean you know it's gonna happen eventually like eventually all of these artists are gonna keep are gonna bump heads because there's no unity that's always been kind of an issue in hip-hop hasn't it the lack of unity yeah, it's the only genre I know where there's beef. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, you no, don't hear like no, country singers who are like shooting out you know with each other yeah. you just don't hear that <laughs> They, the last I, I, I can't remember the last time the Backstreet Boys had a shootout with like NSYNC. I mean that just never happens. Or like, <laughs> they go at each other. I just can't remember that stuff. Yeah, it's true. Hip hop is the only genre of music that has beefs between the artists, which is bizarre to me. I mean, you know, I have never really like caught on to like the whole beef thing. Being a Tupac fanatic, by the way, uh, you know, the, my favorite songs of Pac are like Dear Mama. You know, uh, the songs that had really deeper, uh, you know, messages behind them. Yes, I love Hit 'Em Up, and I thought that was a classic track, also. But uh, his deeper stuff is what got me, and I love a lot of you know deeper lyrics and stuff in hip hop. Uh, I never really got to like the the whole aspect of uh, always being you know about the violence and, and violence see, and this and that. So. A lot of a lot of that stems from battle rapping you know i mean like yeah. it's it's the way we got to look at battle rapping battle rapping you're supposed to be showing your skill you know your yeah but at the end of the talent. day you like but at the end, end of the day it's a battle but it's cool it to, yeah it's gonna get personal eventually you know somebody's gonna refrain <laughs> from what it was supposed to be and make it yeah. personal and all of a sudden they're gonna put out a song and you got diss records and then you got beef yeah and, how healthy is that having battles then really because this just creates more beef and animosity in the community itself uh, and believe me I've participated and I've lost and won a couple of uh, battles myself in the past when I was younger but uh, you know, I never took it that serious I, like, I never got offended when somebody called me a bald four-eyed geek or some shit like that like that never offended me you know what I mean I always yeah. took it as a joke and it's just part of the game you know and I, and I respect artists who can really go hard at each other and then when they're done 
shake hands and it's all yeah. good and it's all love you know what I mean that's the best kind of hip hop now did you are, are you a fan of cannabis at all of, uh, of the rapper cannabis uh, I, I really don't just listen to him like that well there is a battle on every side because this is you know speaking of uh, rap beefs I, don't, I wanted to get your take on this because I like asking a lot of the the hip hop artists that I have on the show what their take is on this. Uh, there was a battle he uh, battled this guy named Disaster, and Disaster was you know it was a really messed up battle. He was just creaming cannabis, and in I the middle of this, he, he yeah he pulled out the the uh, the notepad with his lyrics and he started <laughs> reciting the lyrics in the notepad. And I, I saw this video and man, I, I I was almost I was almost crying for cannabis. I was like, man, really the notepad, really cannabis. <laughs> As a but hip-hop I mean, artist, what are, your th- what are your thoughts on something like that happening? Well, see, at the same time, you really can't knock them because, I mean, let the old-school rappers tell it, freestyling was something that, that they wrote, you know what I mean? And now we've taken freestyling to where it's off the head. So, I mean, he was kind of playing, he was kind of playing both sides by doing it, but in today's society, yeah, it's unacceptable. Because I mean, if you're going at somebody, it's supposed it's supposed to be off the head. I mean, back in the eighties and nineties, yeah, you could do that, but in this day and time, no. Well, especially in this kind of battle, because even back in the day when there were, you know, when it was more acceptable, it wasn't so much in the battling aspect. It was more like just you know, it was it was a session, but it wasn't it wouldn't happen so much in the battle sessions. I don't think uh, this is a, this is a direct like they're battling each other. I mean, they should have he should have known better. Basically, in this instance, if he's just having like a rap session with his buddies or something, yeah, you can pull out a pad, no big deal. You know, recite some stuff that you wrote down a few hours ago. But that that amazes me. Have you ever seen that ever happen in, uh, in any battle that you've, you've participated in, where somebody just pulled out a pad and started reading? <laughs> oh no, <laughs> they would they would lost hands <laughs> down right there. <laughs> Which is crazy because I actually thought cannabis won the first part of that battle, like the first flow. I mean, I thought he actually uh, had better lyrics, but when he pulled out that pad, my goodness! <laughs> yeah, I mean, they should they should have instantly declared cannabis the winner right after that. <laughs> well, it was... really was a disaster. It really was. Yeah, <laughs> it lived up to the name. Now, have you participated in a lot of battles like that yourself as an artist? I actually started out battling, so I mean. I'm I'm familiar with it. I mean, but the main the main thing for me, I quit battling for two reasons. I started looking at, you know, I was like, man, you know, I could really start, you know, making my own music, come up with some songs. You know what I mean? And um, but another reason for me stopping, I was like, I was going too hard on people. You know what I mean? And um, mm-hmm. <laughs> this one dude that I battle rap, man, he robbed, he broke into my house, man, and like robbed me, robbed me for. Are my you serious? <laughs> Wow! Like, no kidding. Didn't didn't take nothing valuable. Took a set of my clothes. I was like, "What?" I was like, "Man, I did you that bad. You you want to take my clothes? You, you feel me? You know what I'm <laughs> Maybe he just wants to be just like you. He wants to dress like you. Be like you. <laughs> that is bizarre, man. He broke. He breaks into your house and takes a set of your clothes. Was it the same clothing you were wearing the night you battled him, or different clothing? Yeah, I mean, like it was my favorite jumpsuit, so I already knew what it was. You know what I mean? <laughs> This dude was somewhere burning that shit. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like he was burning it, <laughs> like throwing like some voodoo spells your way or something. And some Santeria was going your like see he was he sending. See if he were this at school next time. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's too funny. Uh, yeah, let's get into uh, more music here. Let's get uh, into uh, artwork and uh, the, the collaborate with artwork and uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Saraya Mansour. Mansour, right? 
I was going to butcher yeah. that name. Uh, the song is called Color. Uh, tell us a little bit about the song before we play it. That too was inspired off of uh, the police brutality, but like we kind of took a different approach to it. We kind of went direct at it as more as like Eureka was more right, of right. a, uh, you know, I'm gonna ask you questions. It was like asking questions without asking questions on Eureka. On color, it's more direct. Check this out, everybody. This is Color by Raw Boss. Give me that. Give me that. Seven eleven. Yeah. Yeah. 
human. Damn. I want to provide for my family, but you don't want me to do it. This ignorance is foolish to many. It's strictly human. Time to educate these tutors and make them use their medulla. What message are we sending to the unknown future? We live and die under the watch, but I was a feeling it's mutual. The color of my skin should never ever determine the determining, yeah. If life is worth living, what message are we sending? What are we sending, yeah. This is James Swagger, host of Capricorn Radio. I'm also an author, engineer, and researcher. Capricorn Radio covers alternative history, alternative science, philosophy, and truth orientated discussions. We are proud to be on the Dark Matter Radio Network live at 8 pm Saturdays, Eastern Standard Time. You can catch extra info on darkmatterradio.net, jameswagger.com for yours truly. CapricornMembers.com for the archives. Don't forget, truth is not democratic. Truth is truth. ready to actually lose weight safely and steadily while being monitored by a physician. The weight loss clinic of Dr. Kim Jacobson is there for you. The family medicine practice was established by her father in 1956 and continues as a medical practice that now specializes in weight reduction. Dr. Kim Jacobson joined the practice 20 years ago as both a family medicine practitioner and weight loss specialist. The weight loss clinic utilizes a combination of appetite suppression medication and vitamins to produce great results, usually 3 to 4 pounds per week for most patients. Now you can change your lifestyle while still enjoying your own food, just less of it. They offer a choice of two, three, or four-week plans. So whether you just need to lose a few pounds or a lot, the weight loss clinic of Dr. Kim Jacobson can help you. They're located at 5454 Northeast 4th Avenue in Miami, just two blocks west of 54th Street and Biscayne Boulevard. Call them at 305-751-0091. They'll be happy to answer any and all of your questions. That's 305-751-0091. Get started on a beautiful new body today with Dr. Kim Jacobson and the weight loss clinic. The Daily Show. Colbert. Howard Stern. South Park. Tune in to find out where they get their material. Live Wi-Fi broadcasting. Mass Appeal Talk Radio is now online. George Rodriguez. Boca Bryant. Live talk every day on SoFloRadio.com. Elizabeth Taylor. Movie legend. We lost her too soon. Gone, but not forgotten. Now, you can own an authentic piece of movie history. Elizabeth Taylor's Ashes. In a small commemorative urn. Remember, remember. I want you to forget me, please. For just $29.95 plus shipping and handling, we'll send you an ounce of real superstar soot. Elizabeth Taylor, movie legend. You can have a piece of her forever. Command performances leave me quite cold. Call today. Hurry. Quantities are limited. 
Up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's SupermanHomePage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. SupermanHomePage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com Is what it is. Life can get the best of your time, so you gotta take hold of it. Uncertain. It's driving me wild. Close the curtain. I feel less than a child. What am I promises for sitting nothing's available? I must have chosen a path where everything is unattainable. Time at the time, the world is against me. I'm falling down to my knees. Asking for the serenity. But the things I cannot change or the things I wanna change. Not to bring people back, but to have things rearranged. I search my heart and thoughts deeply enough to know. No matter how much rejection to just continue to go. Somehow things just keep looking dim. Have I been condemned? I know I'm in that water, but how far is my swim? I guess I won't know until I drown or if I make it. I'm done with trying to go wherever life takes me. The pain of life is far beyond the pressure. I think I get up and leave this psychiatric session. Time is running blinking out pieces are falling down Doubting words of every man Encouragement is dead I don't know if I can Ever reach my goal Man, it's not this music This music is my dream My goal is how I'm doing And I'm not doing well I'm going through a spell I'm not talking witchcraft I'm talking more like hell I'm being held down Something's keeping me in check I never asked for this I am such a wreck All I have is The little faith I got that is right there, Pieces, again, by Raw Boss. And we're back live on Inside the Jackal's Head. And, man, that song is uh, is pretty nasty. Tell us about Pieces again. Pieces, that's the song. That's probably the song that I spent the most time writing for the whole album. Because, I mean, like, I was pretty much incarcerated when I wrote it. And so, I mean, like, I went back and edited that song every day for a whole year. You know what I mean? And so to find a way to put it together, you know, I was like, I need a female on it because like, I don't feel right singing. Like I'm a rapper, I don't sing. You know what I mean? And so, right. um, <laughs> yeah, I feel you on that. Believe me. <laughs> I, I went. To, I went to Reverb Nation. You know, that's where I find a lot of artists. You know, I go on Reverb yep. Nation to look for features. You know what I mean? And so, yep. um, I came across her profile, Jill Johnson from from Montana, and um, I was like, man, this girl is crazy. You know what I mean? And um, you know, I reached out to her, and uh, at that time, she was open to doing hip hop collabs. Cause, you know, she's an indie singer. Right. And um, she was like, yeah, you know, speak to my manager and everything. And um, we got to know each other. And 
we made that happen. I mean, like, Jill's, she's an incredible talent. I mean, if y'all want to listen to any of her music, search Jill Johnson on Spotify. She's got an EP out. And I think she just released her second EP, and she's going on tour with it right now. By the way, it's spelled J-A-E-L in yeah. traditional Johnson. So, yeah, look her up. And it's great vocals, man. That's just an amazing, amazing voice. Yeah, uh, that That's a good find, and yeah, good you captured her early because, uh, yeah, she's going to blow up really big, man. It's going to cost a lot of money later on to get her on, uh, on a collabo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great find, though. I mean, amazing, amazing uh, vocals on there. Uh, you know, it's funny because you, you said Reverb Nation. Do you find yourself, you know, just really going out there a lot for collabs? Because uh, I, I, I bet a lot of artists are doing that now. It's amazing how all these websites are, like, making it easier just to find people you want to work with online. My thing is I got a love-hate relationship with Reverb Nation, you know, because, I mean, <laughs> I've been ranked as high as, like, the number two hip-hop artist worldwide, you know what I mean? And um, it's like, you know, they have their opportunities that they offer people, and, you know, I mean, like, kudos to everybody that wins them. But, you know, you think that, you know, by being in the number two, you know what I mean, you think that you get an opportunity to do something, you know what I mean? And it's like they, they feel like, well, you've gotten yourself up here. You can promote yourself and do what you do, which is what I still do. I managed to get my own, create my own opportunities, but I mean, they're they're really not artists first. So, I mean, I use Reverb Nation to pretty much network with other artists, look for features, and then plus I get to keep my my email um, subscribers. You know what I mean? So I get to whenever I do a mass email, I get to reach you know up to ten, twenty thousand people at one time. So I mean, like other than that. That's pretty much what I get on there for. Yeah, I hear you. Now, what's on your? Uh, I would, you know, back in the day, we would say, "What's on your tape deck?" or "What's on your CD player?" Now, I would say, "What's on your uh, your iPad or your your smartphone or whatever device you're listening to MP3s?" What's what are you listening to these days? What catches <laughs> your ear? Oh man! Like besides uh, Miss Johnson here with the amazing vocals, uh, like what other artist uh, has captured your ear recently? I really don't listen to a lot of rap, to be honest. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, um, I listen to dubstep, man. I listen oh, to no dub- kidding. Yeah, I listen to dubstep, EDM, and uh, I got I got to listen to these female singers. It's like I, I listen to a whole lot of uh, singers. I, I like I like I don't know. I, it's it's a habit. Cause my mom used to always sing to me, so I li- I listen to I like to listen mm. to a lot of female music. You know what I mean? Any thoughts of her doing like uh, a love song or something more uh, in like the R&B genre or something like that? I'm actually working on that right now with an artist called Kalo out in uh, oh, nice. Katy, Texas. Yeah, We're working on about two songs right now. It won't be on this album, but it'll be on something to come. And you're singing on the songs? Oh, no, no, no. He He's, he, <laughs> <laughs> he's a male R&B singer, you know, and so like... We got a song that that I wrote called uh, "A Wife." You know, it's pretty much me saying, you know, I'm tired of living the life I'm living, and you know, I want to settle down. That's my settle down song. You know what I mean? And so we're working on that one, and then we're working on another song. I mean, like I, I got a bunch of R and B songs that I wrote down. You know what I mean? But it's it's me knowing my place. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm gonna find an R and B singer to to do those parts. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, it's funny though. I really would like to hear you sing though. I think with your voice, man, you, could do, you could bust out a good tune, man. I'm telling you right now. I was in the choir, but man, I left them days behind. <laughs> what happened? The voice changed, and all of a sudden, you're like, I can't hit the high notes anymore. It's 
No, actually, I wasn't. I wasn't the best kid growing up. I mean, I was an A on the road student, but outside of school, I stayed in trouble. So I mean, like me being in the choir, I'd always sing the songs wrong on purpose, and end up getting an ass whooping after church. You know what I mean? You get tired of You're the one ass. Of those kids. So I figure, yeah, I feel like you know, if I get out of the choir, no more ass whoopers. You know, and that's what happened. So. And all these years later, now you're getting into hip hop. Yeah. So music is really something you've always loved, but you just you're kind of a troublemaker as a kid, so you couldn't do it back then. Yeah, my mom's pretty much. She tried to keep me away from uh, rap growing up. I mean, because I always had my hands on a CD, or I was always trying to listen to Ice Cube and everybody else growing up. And if my mom saw any of that in my room, you know, it just mysteriously disappeared. You know, if I came <laughs> if I came home with a stereo. She found the receipt to it and, and would take it back. You know? so, oh my God! Really? <laughs> it, it was hard for me to be a. It was hard for me to really just indulge in hip hop like I wanted to. It's like I couldn't hear it at, at home. I had to be away from the house. The only music she would let me hear at the house was like, it had to be like a music for everybody, like crisscross. It had to be somebody like them or Michael Jackson. I couldn't hear the. I couldn't hear the Spice One and please, all that. Please don't tell me that she used to play Vanilla Ice or MC Hammer at the house. Uh, only if it was on TV, but you know, <laughs> uh, my mom she listened to a lot of blues and stuff. She like she liked the blues and the old school stuff. You know, she, she's that Diana Ross person. You know, she oh, was, there's a lot of there's a lot of room in my heart for Diana Ross and blues, man. Yeah, she was a diva in her own world. So I mean, it Great is what it taste. is. Great music taste, though. Uh, you know, we only have a few minutes left here, man. I want to give you an, uh, an opportunity to uh, you know. Give the audience, uh, you know, your websites where they can keep up with you or what you're doing. Uh, you know, it's been a, an amazing hour we've, we spent here, man. I really enjoyed having you on the show, and I want to also ask you in the future when you have uh, the, you know, the stuff ready to put out, please come back and promote it on the uh, on the show here. We'd love to have you back on and, and help you promote it in the future. But uh, please uh, give the audience, uh, you know, your website address and where they can find all your information and stuff. All right, everybody, it's the home of Rob Boss. You can find my music or videos, anything about me at my official website. It's www.officialrawboss.com. You go there, you can find pretty much everything you need to about me. You can uh, find me on Twitter, at Raw Boss. Um, you can catch me on Vivo. I got, a, I do have a Vivo channel, vivo.com slash artist slash Raw Boss. Um, be sure to uh, keep your TVs on. There's a, my music video. There's a music video of the pieces featuring Jill Johnson that's about to hit nationwide starting March 21st. And um, if you're online, you can catch me in digital magazines as a Dope South magazine, Best Artist Rep, and Unsigned Music magazine for the March and April issues. Raw boss, everybody, man, you're awesome. And again, I, I definitely want to have you back on when uh, when you're ready to put more stuff out there, and uh, you know, want to have you on periodically to help you promote your music because it's really that good. It really, really is. No doubt. Uh, I appreciate. No, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for uh, for doing this and being on the show tonight with me. Yeah, man. Appreciate Guys, uh, that's the show for tonight. We're uh, going to call it a night. Uh, thanks for uh, taking part and listening in to Inside the Jackal's Head with Raw Boss. See you next week, everybody. Peace. And I'm going to uh, roll out with Crush, which we played on the intro. So we're going out the way we came in.
my heart, baby, that ain't cool. We too grown for this, I ain't got time to be rude. What's the point of using words if they don't mean nothing? When you say you love somebody, you supposed to really love them. I cannot hold you accountable until you really down for me. Show me that you really want me and you'll be around for me. If you just pressing on the daddy, I don't need that. I'm trying to have a future, I'm hoping you can see that. Do you really want to spend some time and get to know me better? Not a temporary side, man, I'm all about forever. Down for whatever, tell me, are you cool with that? Fool me one time, girl, I won't fool that. Say the need for business, you never gon' change. This back and forth life is too much heartache and pain. I'd rather be left alone, alone, than share a divided home. Just the other day, I'm supposed to be the one to wipe your tears away. Oh, 